Hello, welcome to the fifth uh, NISO experience session. Uh, we hope that you're enjoying the session so far and today will be no exception as we bring you a session from NISO experience partner, Dr. Barry Glazer um, in dental monitoring. I'm a NISO board member, Dr. Chris Murphy, and it is my pleasure to introduce you, Dr. Glazer, and welcome you to Facing the Crisis and Beyond, Innovative Technologies to the Rescue. Dr. Barry Glazer received his DMD degree from the University of Pennsylvania School of Dental Medicine and earned his, his Certificate of Advanced Graduate Studies in Orthodontics from Boston University. He served as an Associate Director of Orthodontics at Montefiore Medical Center in New York City from 1992 to 1995. He's maintained a private practice in Cortland Manor, New York uh, since 1994. Dr. Glazer is an early adopter of both Invisalign Teen as well as Itero Digital Scanning and has extensive experience treating children, teens, and adults of all malocclusions with Invisalign Clear Aligners. He is the principal investigator for the North American Clinical Trial for Invisalign Treatment with Mandibular Advancement. Dr. Glazer is a frequent speaker for Align Technology and Dental Monitoring, providing insight on clinical treatment with clear aligners and the psychology of compliance and how AI enhances the patient experience. He's the author of the best-selling book, The Insider's Guide to Invisalign Treatment, published in 2017 and available worldwide. Dr. Glazer's innovative website, alignerinsider.com is virtual masterclass for doctors to learn more about excellence in aligner orthodontics. And his 13-week online mini-residency is available at clearalignercourse.com. The Aligner Insider podcast is available on all podcast platforms. He is in high demand as a speaker for Align Technology and dental monitoring throughout the world. Dr. Glazer's Facing the Crisis and Beyond, Innovative Technologies to the Rescue session will focus on hard lessons from the COVID-19 crisis, social and economic impacts of the crisis, lessons learned from the past with dental monitoring, and how to thrive in the next year of orthodontics. Please let me welcome Dr. Barry Glazer. Hey, Chris, thanks so much for that great introduction. My mom is um, very happy to, that she heard all those wonderful things about her son, the dentist. So <laughs> I appreciate that. All right, I'm going to um, share my screen here. And it's, it's an honor to be here. It's uh, really a dream, I think, to, of mine, a dream come true to be able to speak to you uh, you my colleagues about this uh, topic and it's been it's been a rough year for all of us uh, I do I'm, I always look have looked at myself as a glass half full kind of guy so there's been some hard lessons but hopefully there's some things that we we can learn going forward that can benefit our, our practices and our patients so let's get started so facing the crisis and beyond what does that really mean well, you know about me already. So there's some learning objectives for today. So we wanna spend at least a few minutes looking back on the COVID-19 crisis, uh, look at some of the social and economic impacts of that crisis. Um, and then some of the lessons learned from the past from dental monitoring and how I've applied that and how I, I, my practice is now thriving and how your practice can thrive too in what I think is this new era of orthodontics. And uh, the sage, uh, Yogi Berra, uh, couldn't have said it any better. And the future ain't what it used to be. And you know things just change so rapidly these days that I think it's important to be agile and nimble. And I appreciate uh, <laughs> the sentiment from Yogi. So let's look at some hard lessons from the COVID-19 crisis. So as we've all realized, the world and your practice can change in an instant. It was... Uh, March 1st of 2019, I was actually traveling, doing some speaking, came back to my practice, and by March 15th, I was, I was shut down, so it, it changed that quickly. Uh, and my practice, like many of yours, the cash flow spigot can be rapidly turned off, and I never imagined that would happen. I've been in, in practice, private practice since 94, and you kind of get used to things growing and flourishing, and, and it was just a shock to see how that could rapidly turn off. Uh, that steady stream of new patient exams can be cut off instantaneously. Suddenly, you can't pay your staff or cover your office expenses. Um, and I think that, at, for me, the traditional model of in-office patient care, and I mean, even though 80% I, I, of my patients are, are in clear aligners, I still consider myself to be a traditionalist as far as how I run my practice. I have one location. Um, and I think that model seems tried and true 
until it isn't. Uh, and that was really an eye opener for me. And after feeling bad for a few weeks uh, here in New York being shut down, I started to gather myself and I started to try to come up with some, some, some solutions that would help to address the crisis. And for me, uh, it, sort, it forced me into a change of my traditional business model. And, you know, that's not always such a bad thing. I mean, uh, change is hard for all of us. And, and sometimes we need that little kick in the pants to get us going. So that dark cloud uh, was looming above me in March and April and May of 2019, but I still tried to search for silver lining and I think I, I found some. So let's look at the social and economic impact of the crisis and how maybe we can take lemons and make some lemonade. So what's the impact on society? Well, remote work, uh, certainly in, in the New York area, I'm in suburban New York, but I know that the uh, commercial real estate in New York City right now is, is vacant for uh, even now, now that we're into well into almost halfway through 2021. So there's a lot of remote work going on, not necessarily all such a bad thing. I, I live about an hour north of New York City and a lot of my, my, my patients and, and their parents have a long commute down down onto Wall Street every day. And I think for some of them, they've gained back several hours of their life every day by working remotely. So not, not all bad. Um, much more online engagement. We've all done that. We've all taken those courses and webinars and, the, and I call it the Zoomification of everything for better or worse, but we've gotten very used to finding out where all the buttons are in Zoom and how to put our virtual backgrounds on. And that's not always such a bad thing. I, I, I'm doing uh, some virtual consultations now. Um, a lot of people, I think, have, a, have gone through a work-life balance reassessment. And what protective measures will fall away and what will remain permanently? So now here we are a year later, uh, and some of the things that I had to do, I, I'm, I've abandoned. But a lot of these, the things that I addressed during the crisis, we're still doing in our practice. And it's actually fueled uh, some impressive growth for 2021. So... Let's talk about teledentistry, about virtual dental care. And I know that's a hot topic in orthodontics these days. And uh, I know that there's a, a variety of opinions, but the way I look at it is, you know, is there a need and a demand that with, for virtual dentistry that can allow me to continue to deliver what, what I want to deliver, which is excellent orthodontic care, but in a way that perhaps is, is safer and more convenient for my patients. So. 78% of patients are likely to start using teledentistry in the next five years. So who's going to benefit most? I think, you know, this, this pie chart is pretty obvious. I mean, certainly working people and, you know, we've, we've been dealing with this. I mean, from the time I was, a, I, I was in ortho school in BU with Dr. Gianelli, you know, trying to squeeze patients in who only wanted to come after school and on evenings and weekends. So working people are still going to benefit from that. Certainly children um, are hyper-scheduled, more, more busy than ever. Uh, and, and also people with disabilities, I think, are going to benefit from that as well. Maybe there's uh, patients who uh, it's difficult to get to the office that might benefit from, from teledentistry. And I pulled this out of, of a, a web page from the World Economic Forum, and I thought this was very interesting. The title of the, the article was, who, would, who Will Be the Winners in a Post-Pandemic Economy? And I thought this was interesting. Businesses that use cloud computing will not buckle under the pressure of the coronavirus pandemic. Further automation and artificial intelligence will enhance the resiliency of supply chains. And successful businesses will have a combination of resilience and agility. And I found that fascinating because that's, I sort of discovered that on my own, and I'm sure a lot of you have too, but uh, this is not just applying to our industry, but to many industries. So we're starting to look for those silver linings. So let's move ahead to some lessons that I've learned in the past with dental monitoring. So I, I, I wouldn't call myself a real early adopter. I've been using DM now for about three years. So I was kind of the second wave of people to jump on this. People like Terry Sulky and Rhonda Coyne and Steve Simon were really the, the real pioneers. So I was kind of the wave two. But I've been using it now for three years, so I had it fully integrated into my practice even before COVID-19 pandemic hit. So why did I decide to become a semi-early adopter of DM three years ago? So I, I was at an AAO meeting, must have been Washington, D.C., and I had some time to kill, and I happened to walk by and see Terry Sulk 
Terry Sulky was giving a lecture on some kind of new artificial intelligence. And I just decided to, you know, those situations where you hop into the last chair by the door, because if you, you know, like the lecture, you can duck out. So I hopped into the last chair and, and then I stayed for the whole presentation. And I have this policy that I, I try not to make impulse purchases at the AAO meeting. Um, you know, other than little things, but I try not to make any big purchases, but I went from Terry's uh, lecture in lecture hall down, found the DM folks on the, on the exhibit floor, and I signed up on the spot because I thought the technology was amazing, and I thought that it, um, it could be really useful for a practice like mine where I'm at right now 82% share of chair uh, with Invisalign. Um, it seemed to sync with the needs and the wants of millennials and Generation Z, you know, the Uber generation, DoorDash, Instacart, and it seemed that an app would speak to, to those patients. And I treat a lot of teens and millennials um, orthodontically, and I felt that maybe that would speak their language. It synced with the emerging emerging digital workflow efficiencies of my practice. You know, one of the I know a, a doctors, and this is not necessarily an, an Invisalign lecture per se, but I know to this day a lot of doctors are concerned about going broke doing Invisalign with the lab fee. But I've been able to mitigate that by being really efficient in my practice, and and dental monitoring has pushed that efficiency even further. Where we've reduced the number of days that we work, we've reduced staff overhead. So despite the you know, relatively large aligner bill, I've been able to offset with savings in many other areas of my practices by really trying to push that digital workflow to the nth degree. Uh, and it seemed that DM would help to me to drive that even further. I saw the potential to hold patients more accountable for their clear aligner treatment. And I say this all the time, you know, once, you know, you get good at orthodontics after a while. And, and uh, for me, I realized that these days, orthodontics is a lot more about psychology than it is about biology. And we're all in the compliance game. Um, and uh, long gone are the days where you could just yell, yell at your patients and give them direct orders and expect them to follow them. And maybe those days never really existed, but we really have to partner with our patients and, and yelling and scolding and shaming, not only does it not work, but it also, it's going to guarantee you to get a bad Google review. So I've, I've sort of abandoned those things for more psychologically advantageous techniques. And think about Weight Watchers. I mean, if you know, if Weight Watchers were yelling at their clients all the time, they wouldn't be have much of a business. So Weight Watchers partners with their, with their clients. Um, they have these Weight Watcher studios and all kinds of online tools that help their clients be more successful at weight loss. So it's not scolding and yelling, it's part, partnering and coaching. And I saw that by holding my patients more accountable, I was hoping to see better tracking, better end results, and, and fewer refinements. I theorized that this accountability would reduce treatment time and the number of additional aligner orders, and it has. And I mean, and I do think that the name of the game with, with Invisalign treatment or whatever clear aligners that you're using um, is you got to get the patients to wear the darn things. And just like anything in orthodontics, whether it's fixed appliances or, or Invisalign, you know, if patients are brushing their teeth, if they're following instructions, if they're wearing their elastics, if they're wearing their, their aligners, it's going to help you more often get to the bullseye with your treatment plans. And I definitely found that uh, this accountability factor with dental monitoring has really helped uh, drive that efficiency and give patients better results faster. And that's not a bad thing. Remote treatment monitoring will reduce in-office appointments and at the height of, of COVID-19. So our office was, uh, Governor Cuomo allowed us to, uh, gave us the green light to reopen our offices in June of 2020. 20, uh, uh, and uh, I think I said 2019 before, the time just flies, but he gave us the green light a year ago. Um, but still we were, and even to this day, we're still under some social distancing rules and reduced volume in the office. And, my, and, and I was really confident at that point that remote treatment monitoring would reduce the number of in-office appointments to allow us to flow patients through the office when they needed it, but not have them be in physically in the office when they didn't need to be there. Uh, but I never, you know, when I adopted DM three years ago, when I was on the floor in Washington, DC at the AAO meeting, I never thought that it would save my butt in a pandemic, but it did because for that 80% of patients 
who were in clear line of treatment in my practice from middle of March to the beginning of June, those patients just hummed right along. They had all of their aligners or they stopped by uh, and picked up their aligners curbside. I could continue, me and my staff could continue to monitor those patients on a weekly basis. And those patients really moved forward where my fixed appliance cases were in limbo until I could get them back in the office to see, see them again. So again, in a, an aligner-centric practice like mine, it was a real lifesaver. So the rewards of dental monitoring, patients are amazed, the, the, the parents are wowed, and, and that technology, that wow factor is, it's also backed up by results. But I think when, when you sit down with a parent, even if it weren't, weren't during COVID-19, uh, during a pandemic, if you sat down with a parent and said, look, we know you're busy, we know you and your husband both work full-time jobs, you know, we know your kid's busy with soccer and, and volleyball and all those other things, so we have this amazing technology that can allow us to deliver excellent results to you with fewer office visit. Who wouldn't want that? So it, it's, it, it's, it's the product that sells itself. It helps moms to say yes to Invisalign teen treatment. I know for some of you who maybe have jumped onto the Invisalign bandwagon, you may get some pushback from parents about concerns about their kids not wearing the aligners and all of that. But when we say to, say to a parent, look, we're gonna do a remote house call with your child using their smartphone every week. So if you're, you and your, your spouse are, are too busy to sort of follow up on this stuff, we'll help you with that and we'll partner with you and we'll be there with you every step of the way to make sure that your child is following through on their treatment. <laughs> the irony is that that really applies more, more, at least in my practice, more to the adult patients who are far less compliant than the teens. Uh, that's the irony, I think, of teen uh, clear aligner treatment, that it's the adults <laughs> that really need the babysitting. But again, um, say la vie. And, and if, if that's what we need, then that, and that's what the adult patients need, then we can provide them that service too. Um, I've significantly reduced the need for in-office appointments. And think about the typical orthodontic office, let's say maybe bracket and wire centric. And you know, it's certainly nothing wrong with that. Um, uh, but you know, I would say most doctors probably see their patients anywhere, let's say on an average of once every six weeks, eight weeks, four weeks in that range. You know, what happens to your practice if you're seeing your patients once every 15 weeks or every 20 weeks? I mean, it, it certainly gives you more time to um, to market. It gives you maybe fewer office hours, maybe more time for a second location or to pursue other things. So it's, it's a good thing and you can still, you know, keep the revenue stream flowing into the office. I'm still in control of my patients, even though my office is shut down, I can easily communicate with them using the DM app. I'll, I'll demonstrate this for you all uh, in a minute. DMC stands for Dental Monitoring Coordinator. My dental monitoring coordinator, it's easy for me to say, uh, worked from home during the shutdown and continues to re work remotely during non-office hours as we have returned to a more normal work schedule. So Marisol um, can follow up on these, uh, basically run a dent, uh, virtual clinic um, from home. And, and I think that's a great thing. Uh, my patients have been Zoomified <laughs> over the last 15 months and have quickly learned to accept remote uh, treatment monitoring is normal. Uh, I get very little push. In fact, I don't get any pushback from patients. Once in a blue moon, I'll have a boomer, a baby boomer patient who says, oh, doctor, you know, I really want to come into the office, you know, more often for you to see me personally. And we say, of course, that that's perfectly fine. But that's a rarity these days, especially with the Generation Z and the millennial set. So what are some of the lessons that are learned so the first rule of any technology used in a business is that automation applied to an efficient operation will magnify the efficiency. The second is that automation applied to an inefficient operation will magnify the inefficiency. So if you've got the digital workflow thing down in your practice, using a technology like dental monitoring will definitely help you to magnify that efficiency. And that's what I found in, uh, in my practice as well. So who are today's patients? Well, I th a picture speaks a thousand words. I think everyone's going to wind up with uh, neck problems and, and, and scoliosis <laughs> uh, because this is the posture that you see uh, in the world looking at their smartphones, but it is what it is. So, and, and it goes for adults as well as, as teens and millennials, but you know, everyone's, uh, everyone's tuned into their mobile device uh, and has, become to, has come to expect things delivered to them, whether it's through DoorDash 
or Instacart or Uber Eats or, or getting on their phone and a car shows up magically to take them wherever they want to go. And this is how very rapidly um, the world has changed. And this is what they expect, at least I find in my, my area in suburban New York, this is what they expect from their orthodontic practice as well. So what do we know about them? Millennials are the biggest generation in the country with an estimated 83.1 million people compared to 75.4 million baby boomers. And, you know, I'm, I'm a, I was born in 62, so I was at the tail end of the baby boom. <laughs> so us baby boomers were heading downhill and that's how it goes. But certainly the millennials and the Gen X are, um, are becoming the dominant consumers and the dominant patients in our practices. 70% of millennials would welcome the use of an app provided by their doctors to manage their health. And it's not just in orthodontics. I mean, I have an app with my physician. Um, I have an app that I use for, for my pharmacy. Um, so they've become wide, widely popular in healthcare. My, my dad has a pacemaker and he's got this little, little box. It looks like a little Alexa sitting next to his uh, nightstand that monitors the telemetry from that pacemaker and gives his cardiologist real-time information. So it's just, it's become, the way of the world. And I know that some of us are concerned that, you know, it's going to become like 1984 or maybe like the Terminator that where we're going to become slaves to the robots. And, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen. But at this point, I look at it like that the robots are slaves to us and that we, we can be the robots masters if, if we understand the technology. So it's not going to make me a bad orthodontist. It's going to enhance my ability to provide good treatment to my patients. So what else do we know about the millennials? They value convenience above every, everything else. They prefer digital communication. They're tech natives and they love constant feedback and they want it all and they want it now. And uh, dental monitoring really helps to, to plug into all of, these, all of these needs of this group. So let's take a closer look at dental monitoring. I'll give you a quick look under the hood to show you how it works in my practice. So essentially what you're going to do is patients are going to be sending you remote scans of their teeth using the smartphone from home on a weekly basis. So this is what the dental monitoring dashboard looks like. There's a big upgrade coming in a few weeks. So this is going to be, uh, I'll have to update, update these slides, but that still uh, hasn't been unwrapped yet. But basically what you're looking here at the top is a timeline and you see every, this is the aligner stage that the patient is on, green circles are goes. The patients did a scan, the AI looked at the, the teeth and recognized that things were tracking and automatically told the patient to move on to their next aligner. The um, red boxes are no-goes where the aligner said, no, your teeth haven't completed their movements, please keep in your aligner for, for a little bit longer. Uh, and this is what we see on our dashboard. We see images of the patients with their aligners. And you can, I, I have not jumped on the fixed appliance bandwagon with, with dental monitoring, but with the new updates that are coming out, I will uh, integrate all of my patients in, in, in there, but that will be for, if you, well, if you invite me back in another couple of months uh, for another seminar, I'll explain how this, some of the new stuff works. But for right now, it's my clear aligner patients. So we see images of their teeth with their aligners in and out and my dental monitoring coordinator monitors this, this dashboard on a daily basis. So let's take a little bit closer look here at the workflow. So the doctor has an online dashboard and a communication center and where I can build my own protocols. Protocols are how your patients interact with the AI and how you and your staff interact with the AI. So from the patient standpoint, there's a mobile app that they have on their phone that gives them instant feedback to how they're doing what their hygiene's like. It actually, the AI looks at over 170 different parameters. And so I don't think I could even list all of them, but it looks at everything from tooth tracking, hygiene carries, gingival condition, and then the list goes on and on, tooth wear and so on and so forth. The AI looks and helps that. So that's the, the AI is my robot slave that helps to look at these um, look at these clinical conditions and analyze them. And then it sends mes messages to the patients as well as sends a report to me and my staff. So there's a two-way communication here from the AI. So this is actually my phone. Um, so we can take, let's play, take out my phone here. So let's, I was a patient. So let's scroll to my dental monitoring app. And this is what I, this is what your patients will see. They'll get instant notifications on their progress. 
in addition to getting, which I'll show you in a second here, these really cool before and afters, it's the patient's favorite feature where they can see your progress. And I'm sure it's happened to you where a patient says, oh, doc, you know, I've been wearing these aligners and I don't see any change. Well, this, this uh, before and after feature makes that go away. So that's what the uh, app looks like on the phone. I'll just play the through one more time to get an idea. So it's just like any other app and it could be both for Android as well as um, iOS. So that's the patient's command center. This little envelope feature is beautiful. This is a uh, direct messaging feature. So if they, they can ask us questions and we can communicate with them in real time. Now let's look at instant feedback here for patient progress. So again, let's go to my dental monitoring app. Oops, sorry, wrong slide. There we go. Automated messages. So a lot of this is automated. So for example, I did a scan when I was in my treatment. It told me that I was on a liner 14 and I could go ahead to a liner 15. Dear Barry, after reviewing your last scan, your doctor points out you can now change your aligners. Your aligners fit well, great job. See you soon for your next scan. These messages, messages can be completely customized by you, but they're sent out automatically with no input from the user. Now, what about instant communication? So let's go back to my app. And this is something very common. So you can write to your doctor, hi. <laughs> and if you treat patients with clear aligners, you've seen this before. You know, I lost my aligners. What should I do? And this gets sent directly to the dashboard. So this is an emergency in your practice that never happened. Because Marisol, my dental monitoring coordinator, checks the patient's DM dashboard, sees that they're tracking fine, and just sends them back a message that says, hi, this is Marisol, go on to your next aligner and scan as normal. It's an emergency that quite frankly, I don't even know about. We have a Marisol and I have a protocol worked out. There's things that she needs to notify me, but things like that, as long as the patient's doing well, she doesn't need to notify me. But that's completely up to you to decide how much, how much involvement you want in the process. But in, patients love that inst, instant communication feature. And just things like my outliners are irritated or I cracked an aligner or my dog ate them or whatever it is, but patients love that. So how do you thrive in the next era in, of orthodontics? So let's look a little bit more in detail at remote monitoring with AI. It's personalized, customized virtual treatment monitoring. And I believe that will become the norm. So this is not cookie cutter treatment. It is completely the messaging that the patient gets and the cadence on which they change their aligners is completely customized based on their progress and based on how they're doing. So let's look at remote monitoring with AI versus some maybe some other technologies out there where, where you have to do self-assessments of photos. So there are technologies where let's say patients take some photos and they get sent to you and you have to look at them. So let's look at the differences. So in a self-assessment of photos scenario, it's labor intensive. You and your staff have to look at every one of those images and make a decision about every one of those clinical, pre clinical uh, issues. It's inefficient, requires constant babysitting, and it's a huge time sink. Now, if you're gonna use AI, you can scale this efficiently. It's the perfect employee. It, there's, I said 170, I lied. It's actually 180 now clinical conditions monitored. And the AI is looking at, at things at the level of a pixel. So it is actually more picky than I am. Patients will get sometimes a no-go, which means that the, the tooth is not tracking. And I'll look at the image and I'll think that it looks fine. So it's actually more uh, sensitive than the human eye. It's consistent, it's guaranteed timely, and it gets better every day through deep machine learning. So as more data comes in, the AI gets even better. So for 500 patients monitored, let's say you have a practice where you have 500 patients monitored and you're using the self-assessment photo technique. Um, three minutes per patient, you have to open up each case, you have to look at every one of those images, and I think three minutes is probably generous, but let's say it's three minutes per patient. That's 1,500 minutes, that's 25 hours of dental monitoring coordinator time versus an AI-based system like DM, where the AI detects and alerts according to my protocol. So it's all customizable, what I wanna know and what I don't wanna know. Three minutes for 100 notifications, and that is not an exaggeration. Five hours per month of DMC time, and, and actually that's, that's what we're seeing. It may even be less. Once you get good at this, um, on a daily basis, you're getting 15 or 20 uh, uh, 
pieces of data from different patients, but of that 15 or 20, 80% require no action because they're doing fine. So you're really only spending some time on patients that need something like an appointment, or maybe they need to come in for IPR, or maybe they need to come in for motivation because they're not, um, they're not wearing their aligners enough. So you're really only focusing on the patients that need something done. And that's why it's scalable. So how do you scale it? So you have to own your appointments. So own is a, is an, a, is a abbreviation for only when needed. So routine in-office visits are replaced by virtual visits. And then we're going to see our patients in the office only when needed for stuff. So what's, what's stuff? Stuff would be they need IPR. They need an attachment. They have an attachment off. They need oral and hygiene instruction. They're at the end of a series of aligners and they need to come in to either finish or to get additional aligners. Certainly you're gonna to need to say, see patients for certain progress things, but if a patient's humming along, um, if their hygiene's good, soft tissue looks good and their teeth are tracking, those visits can be done virtually. So what are examples in an aligner case of things that you would, uh, would be an only when needed appointment? So again, placing attachments, removing attachments, which happens sometimes where let's say a, an attachment disappears and a power ridge appears or vice versa. IPR, scan for additional aligners, a final scan, retainer insertion, or you might wanna have the patient come in periodically for let's say a progress pan. So in office, five to six total in office appointments per case is what we're seeing for let's say the typical Invisalign case, which typical Invisalign adult case is about 13 months. Um, uh, maybe the typical teen case, maybe 18 months. So we're talking about a total of five to six in-office appointments. That's including init initial records and final records. So how would that change your practice? So a, a preliminary study was done by Dr. Grant Duncan, one of the pioneers uh, from Australia of Invisalign. We can go through this quickly, but he looked at 180 patients undergoing Invisalign treatment. Uh, he put, and then compared that with a control group. Uh, so there were ultimately in the study from the 180 patients, there were, there were 100 patients in the, that doesn't quite add up to 180, does it? But just take that with a grain of salt. 100 patients in the control group. And, and then there were 100 patients in the experimental group with dental monitoring. A, a, AOD is appointment on demand. That's now been replaced by only when needed. But those are patients that are on the only when needed protocol. Um, and we don't need to spend a lot, lot of time on this data. Um, you can always pause the video if you wanna look at this more carefully. But if you're looking at, let's say, the non-DM DM patients, this was before he went into DM, the number of doctor appointments dropping down to the patients that were purely on dental monitoring with appointment and on demand, you could see that it went from 7.2 appointments to 2.1. Uh, and I think that's really compelling. If you look at the number of staff appointments, it dropped by, um, by about one. Total number of active appointments went from 10.5 to 4.4. The number of refinements of, or mid-course correction before dental monitoring was 91% of the cases. For Dr. Duncan, that was reduced down to about 14% with the pure DM AO, uh, AOD, or again, only when needed patients. So that's pretty compelling. Look at the treatment, treatment length. Treatment length went from 17.3 down to 10.6, and I've seen similar numbers. Now, I haven't gotten my refinement rate down this low. I, we're still finding ourselves doing some, but I've definitely reduced the number of refinements. Uh, before dental monitoring, I would say the average adult patient would get an initial series of aligners and probably three refinement orders, and we've reduced that by about 1.5, and the same thing with, with teens. So we're, we're definitely you know, trying to drive that down as much as possible for, uh, for the obvious reasons. And you could see that here. So a 70% reduction in doctor's appointment, 30% reduction in staff uh, time in appointments, 58% reduction in total active appointments, 77% reduction in number of refinements, and a 39% reduction in, in treatment length. And uh, again, I don't have, I haven't actually pulled out these numbers and measured them, but anecdotally, uh, I'm seeing similar trends. Now, again, maybe not as dramatic with uh, some of these numbers, uh, but we're definitely seeing similar trends and certainly seeing doing this with a lot less appointments like Dr. Duncan is, is seeing too. So I think it's very compelling. So I'll give you a quick example of a case where we did own only when needed scheduling with aligners. This is a patient. She started out, she lived locally. Um, not, not much of a case. This is kind of a sweet spot, a clear aligner case for me. I think these cases, these mild open bite cases respond really well to a plastic. 
Um, then the patient uh, quickly moved to Maine. And in the olden days, uh, I would have probably referred her up to a colleague up in Maine. But with a relatively small number of times, once or twice that she had to travel back to the area, we were able to complete her treatment almost all virtually. So again, this is what the dashboard looks like. Here's her initial presentation. Here she is at the end, a nice coupling of, of the anterior teeth, nice aesthetic and, and, and uh, functional result. And here she is at the end. And once she went to Maine, she came back um, once to get her attachments off uh, and to get her final retainers. And I think that just shows that's a yeah, one end of one, uh, but it, it gives you an illustration of how this, this technology can work. Total of five visits from beginning to end, that's including initial records. And so here they are. So five visits for whole treatment, one for initial records, a visit to bond her attachments to start treatment, an IPR visit, scan for additional aligners, remove attachments, final records, and insert Vivera. And that was it. We were able to give her a, 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 a nice, uh, healthy result. Team members. So using this type of technology, you're also going to have to evolve your team members. And trust me, your team members love this stuff. So dental assistants who will need to become hybrid employees, physically managing patients in the office and digitally managing virtual visits. But remember, with a dramatic reduction in the number of in-office patients, your staff will have the time to do that and to run a virtual clinic. So uh, it empowers your staff to embrace virtual care, accelerate the development of dedicated tech teams within the practice. And that's what I have. I essentially a tech team of one. I have a small office, small staff, but Marisol and I formed that tech team along with Nancy at the front desk to, to schedule the patients to monitor these patients remotely and appoint them and schedule, schedule them as, as appropriate. And the emerging treatment concierge role, which is something that's really expanded also to my treatment coordinator as well, using remote tools for things like um, virtual consultations. So the virtual office, it's really here today. Weekly monitoring of your patients. You're seeing them more, not less. I mean, it used to be I would give patients before DM, I was seeing patients every 12 weeks. I didn't know what, what whether they were tracking, whether they're not tracking, whether they were wearing them or not. Now we see them on it virtually weekly, and it helps us to keep closer tabs on their progress and helps to keep them accountable. And you can also use it, again, I, I haven't used this yet, but I will be doing this soon, but you can also use it for bracket and wire cases. How would you like to have patients do scans that pick up things like a bracket that's not engaged or a loose brace or a wire that's popped out um, early on in the process? We've all had those situations where a patient comes in for a debond and we find one of these situations where a clip lets go and it's, it's an ugly situation. Um, you could pick those things up using DM and, and much, much more too, which again, if, if you invite, if Niso doesn't kick me out and invites me back someday, uh, I'd be happy to talk about. So I think you get the idea. Clinical situations, you know, a long wire, all picked up using AI technology. Other things, messages directly sent to the patient. To your patient, after reviewing your last scan, your doctor points out you will need to continue to wear your current aligners. So that's a no-go, and that's fascinating. And I know there's a lot of conversations. we got to wrap this up soon. We're almost out of time. But I know there's a lot of conversation about how often should patients really be switching their aligners. And the answer is that's not the right question. The question is, why are we trying to come up with an ideal number of days when every patient's different? So patients no longer switch on a specific cadence. They switch to the next aligner when their teeth are ready. And that is a beautiful thing. And that's something that dental monitoring does. If their teeth haven't completed the movements, they are prompted to stay in the current aligners to use their chewies, scan in, a, in a several days. And then we monitor them to make sure that that aligner has completed its action before they go on to the next aligner. So here's the patient journey, and just wrapping this up soon, the patient journey in the virtual era. Uh, in my practice, and again, we didn't have time to talk about this, but we're doing our at least our initial contact with the patient virtually, where we can talk about the benefits of remote monitoring. We educate and train the patient on how to scan and follow instructions. We then do weekly virtual checkups uh, in with in-office visits only when needed, Monthly virtual checkups uh, for, let's say, uh, retainer patients or patients in fixed appliances will be coming. And then you could also, something also that I haven't done, you can also do post-treatment retention monitoring. Perhaps the patient does a scan 
once a month and you could pick up small movements before it becomes a crisis. So to wrap things up, lessons for the future. My suggestion is to put all patients on DM, including fixed cases, and we will be doing that uh, beginning in June. Give, all their, give your patients all of their aligners up front. Set up appointment on demand only when needed from the beginning. Now I'm working to get 95% of my cases into Invisalign because I still find it more efficient digitally with clear aligners than fixed appliances. I'm about 82% now, so we're getting there. Run virtual clinics, curbside delivery options, which is something that we started during the pandemic and we still do. And more work at home options for certain staff. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this presentation. Uh, I'm going to stop the share, and at this point, I will entertain some questions. Chris, you uh, have to unmute yourself. Sorry about that. And no uh, yeah, thanks so much, Barry. That was that was great. Um, you know, I think as orthodontists, we're all trying to look at ways how we can be more clinically efficient, and, and this this technology certainly does that for us. Um, you know, as far as your patients, when you first started rolling out dental monitoring in your practice. How did they respond? You know, how did they feel knowing that you'd be seeing them remotely rather than in person? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's actually, I think, one of the biggest concerns. I know you use DM in your practice too, Chris, but one of the biggest concerns I get from, let's say, people who haven't adopted the technology is they have this fear that maybe patients think that we're like kicking them out of the office or we don't want to see them. That has happened. I, I'm not exaggerating. That has happened zero times in my practice. Um, when you say to a busy parent, listen, you don't have to come to the office as, as frequently. Frequently, we know you're busy. Um, you're not going to have to pull your kid out of school as much. Um, that's a win. I have never had somebody say, oh, you know, you're charging us all this money and you're ripping off. So patients, especially the Gen Z and the millennials, they already get it. So we have found a, a great reception to this. People think it's cool. And like I, it, like I said, it really is a product that sells itself. Have you, I mean, have you found uh, that as well in your practice? No, I haven't had any pushback. You know, I think you hit the nail on the head in that slide where you showed the, uh, those, those uh, Gen Zers kind of lined up against the wall with their smartphones. Everybody's yeah. got one. I had an eight-year-old patient who came in the other day. She had her smartphone. She understood how to use the technology. It's it's pretty intuitive. Um, yeah, we haven't had any pushback at all. Yeah, you know, um, it's 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 if that's a fear from people, you can literally you can just put that aside. And like I said, you you, I have gotten the occasional boomer. They still like the technology, but you maybe they want to come in more often. And we say, sure, you know, come on, come on down whenever you want. I mean, it's still. You know, our credo in the office is it's about the patient, not about us. So, but it's a very, very tiny percentage that uh, that that doesn't you know really want to jump on that bandwagon. Absolutely. Now, how much time do you think you spend, um, or or your your coordinator reviewing scans for your patients on a daily, weekly basis? I know you kind of touched upon the monthly, but um, how much time does it take you? Yeah, it, it's a lot. Uh, that's another fear. People, feel, you know, I think doctors may be worried that their staff are going to have to spend all day on the computer. But so, so my, I have, you know, not the biggest practice. We started uh, 225 patients last year. So you're kind of a, you know, kind of a, just a country orthodontist, Chris. But uh, um, on a daily basis, Marisol probably spends 15 to 20 minutes a day. Because again, a, a vast majority of the patients that come in, I'm sure you see the same thing. Uh, and I don't know how much engagement you have with your DMC, but if, if the patient gets a go, if their hygiene's great, if they're tracking perfectly, I don't, that's in our, we have, um, we have protocols set up. She doesn't have to tell me about those, you know, unless there's some issue. So she quickly goes through the patients that are tracking that, you know, you knock off a whole bunch of those in, in a couple of seconds, really. And then it's going to be two or three or four that maybe there's something going on. Yeah. So it's the conversation that she, when I come in every day before we, we kind of do like a little mini huddle before uh, patients start. And that conversation usually one to two minutes mm -hmm. a day with, yeah. with, with Marisol and myself. So it's very little time. Yeah. I really, I like, you made a point just about the, uh, the individualization of care using DM as well. You know, mm -hmm. some patients are ready to change their aligners in five days. Some takes 10 days, um, depending exactly. on the logic variability. And, um, you know, as far as DM, how, how do you think it's influenced how you practice with Invisalign or how you approach clin checks um, in your practice? It certainly gives me more time to work them up. I don't, uh, you know, I don't find myself on the beach with my laptop anymore because you listen, you just you have more holes in your schedule. 
Um, which, I mean, listen, I would certainly like to fill those holes in my schedule with new patients, but it's, you know, certainly, and that wasn't really happening during the pandemic, but we're always looking for ways for, for the practice to grow. But, but nevertheless, the mornings become lighter. And I'm sure you see that too, because, you know, we used to insist that initial bandings happen in the morning, but we, we, we can do Invisalign starts in the afternoon. So I have more time to work up my ClinChecks. Um, I haven't had to find the need to, let's say, designate a ClinCheck coordinator in my office again, because we don't have that volume, but um, it's, it's, just, it's just freed up time to, to work on ClinCheck plans. I get them all done during the day. It's very unusual, unless it's maybe a weekend that I'm even opening up my laptop and, and looking at the Invisalign doctor site anymore. Now, again, if you've got five locations and you're starting 1,200 patients uh, uh, you know, a month, then obviously that's going to be a different thing. But even then, um, it's going to still free you up to be, you know, it's funny, <laughs> you know, you, you, you know, you, I'm sure you took the tweed course and, you know, it, you, I, 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 you go from bending wires and this is not my, this is not my quote. I am stealing it from uh, Steve Simon, but I've gone from bending wires to bending pixels. Um, I spend much more time doing the digital treatment planning on the computer, uh, and not as much time in the clinic, but that trade-off, I, I'll take that every day of the week. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, now with that, you know, the decreased need for clinical visits. Has you, have you found that it's affected your practice overhead as far as staffing or, you know, um, things like that? So, you know, it's been a wash. So I have gone from six and a half full-time equivalents down to four and a half, um, you know, through attrition, I didn't you know, let anybody go, but, you know, you know, staff members move on, but we have reduced the number of clinical assistants by one and a half. Yeah. Um, so, and it, listen, in New York, you know, a full-time certified uh, orthodontic assistant is, is making 50 grand a year plus, plus benefits. I mean, that's what it is. So, so that savings comes off the balance sheet. Now, obviously there's a fee, you know, for um, the Invisalign lab fee and there's the, the dental monitoring fee. And if you do enough volume, you're going to, the, the dental monitoring, monitoring is going to cost you about 10 bucks per patient per month. Mm -hmm. So the average Invisalign case is 13 months. So that's 130 bucks plus or minus plus the cost for the scan box and all of that. So let's say $175 is probably a round number for the average case for what it costs per patient. Um, but again, that is, and I don't charge extra for that. So we bundle that in. I, I know that's a common question. So we don't, we don't charge extra for it for the simple reason that I don't want to be running two separate protocols in my practice. I don't want to have the haves and the haves nots where some are on DM and some aren't. So I don't want anybody to say, ah, doc, you know, we don't want to spend the $175. You know, we don't want DM. So I just bundle it in with the treatment. But again, it, that is mitigated to some extent by the revenue saved from working fewer days. So even the staff that are in my office are working fewer hours, plus the staff that have left that I haven't had to replace. So I think it's important, you know, you know, at the end of the year, you know, my wife has one question is like, how much you make, you know, and so she, and, you know, and, and I get that. And that's a, that's a microeconomic question, but my accountant and my wife, you know, look at the balance sheet and they're like, oh my God, look at your Invisalign lab bill, look at your dental monitoring lab bill, but that's the micro microeconomic approach. But when you look at other areas of the balance sheet and you look how much less I'm spending on, let's say, staff overhead, it, uh, it's a wash as far as my overhead stayed about the same. It's I'm funneling, you know, income, in, you know, expenses, obviously, from one place to another. But again, I'll take that if, if I can keep my overhead the same and work. I went from working four and a half days a week a, a decade ago to now working three days a week right. um, and with with the growth you know, every year in the practice, except for obviously last year. Yeah. So, you know, I'll take that. And uh, you know, who, who wouldn't? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I, I kind of look at it as a cost of doing business. And, you know, um, no, I, I agree with you. Um, now, now, as far as the scan boxes, do you have your patients return those at the end of treatment? Because they're, they're reusable, aren't they? So it's a good question. So we put that, you know, once COVID-19 hit, we just told patients to keep them at home because I'd uh, they, they, they're theoretically, they can be sanitized and disinfected and reused. But I just was... I yeah. was concerned. So we, so patients are sitting on them right now. At some point, once we come up with an appropriate way to make sure, you know, and it's obviously not just for COVID, it's, you know, for in any infectious disease, but when we come up with an appropriate way to sanitize and disinfect them, they are theoretically reusable. Um, some doctors choose not to. Um, and, and I don't know if that's something that DM definitely recommends or if that would be considered an off-label use. I have to look at that more closely. I'm not, I don't think... The, the company 
advocates that. But again, I think if there's a, a feasible way to disinfect them, you could, but that, that it, it is on hold, but we're looking into it. It's a great question. Yeah. Um, you know, was there a learning curve, you know, for you as the, the clinician or for your staff when you implemented DM? Sure. I mean, there is for anything. Um, they come in, you know, that either the training is going to be virtual, they'll come into the office. It, it's, it's not really hard. Um, the dashboard, like any technology, you know, the first couple of days, it's, it, it seems kind of confusing, but I would say probably for us, I mean, my, you know, my staff is great, but I would say within the first four to six weeks, um, it, we were humming right along. It's kind of like when you, when you change practice management software at first, yeah. it's, that's a nightmare. And then after six weeks, you can't even remember how to open up the old, the old program, but it's even easier because it's not like you're making, it's not like changing practice management software. It's, it's a small change to protocols. One thing I do recommend for doctors is whatever time they dedicate to, let's say a, an Invisalign start, tack on another 15 minutes, because even though the software actually talks to the patient and prompts them through, it does take some time. We do have the patients do their initial scan in the office. So I would recommend devoting another 15 minutes, maybe even a little bit longer at the beginning so that your staff just gets, gets into the, um, into the, uh, into the swing of things, but the app actually has a tutorial right built into it. So basically my staff member sits there while the patient was watching the app and then they do their scan and, and, and they're in and out usually pretty quickly, but yeah, just make sure that you devote some time at the beginning. But, um, I, it didn't, I didn't lose any more hair in my head from going through that training. So, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, the, the one that I have left is still there. So yeah. it's not that bad. <laughs> now, what can you tell us about the new update that's coming out? Have you heard, you know, what, what that's going to look like for uh, current users of DM or for people that are looking to adopt DM? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, you know, it's top secret, so I, I can't go into any details. I know it's coming out, I, I believe, within the next couple of weeks. So everybody will get to see that soon. But it's I mean, so but but, but in a sort of a broad way without, you know, <laughs> violating non-disclosure agreements and stuff like that, it's going to be more information on the dashboard at a glance. Um, it's going to be uh, enhanced protocols, um, and, and it's going to make it even sort of. It's going to make the automation even better. So it's um, it's it's a major update that's coming. Um, and again, I, I should know that launch date. It might be May seventeenth, not May seventeenth. It might be June seventeenth, but we're past May seventeenth. But uh, don't quote me on that. But within the next several weeks, you know, look. Everybody should look out for that. But it's um, it's going to be a similar look and feel, but just with a lot more information. Um, and a lot more custom customization as well. Excellent. Well, hey, thank you so much, Barry. Really appreciate you coming and speaking with us here at NISO. And um, yeah, I'm not sure. Is there anything else that you want to add? You know, I, I think just in, in a nutshell, I think that I have had this question more than once, Chris, and, and doctors have come up to me, rightfully so. And I, I, I completely appreciate the sentiment. And they've said, you know, you're just as bad as a direct to consumer com companies. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I get that sentiment. I can understand that maybe if you don't really under look under the hood and understand how that works, you can maybe think that that's what I'm doing, that I'm you know, chucking aligners at patients and kicking them out the door. And, you know, that's the end of that. And, and I want to emphasize that in my mind, it's the complete opposite of direct to consumer. This is to me an enhancement of, for want of a better term, doctor directed treatment. We're seeing our patients every week. It happens to be virtually, but just like, you know, you and I are communicating virtually right now. I mean, the virtual technologies aren't always bad. And I, I kind of feel like, like, it's like this people like worry about like the matrix or the Terminator and this like thought that like the, the technology is always impersonal and it's, it's always bad. And, and I understand that. But if we use it for the forces of good and not for the forces of evil, hopefully, you know, Dr. Ginelli is, you know, looking down from heaven and smiling that we're, we're, we're trying to do this in a way that enhances the quality of care, enhances the patient experience, and makes it more convenient for the patient and more profitable for us. So I, I and I think that's really important. I think that's what I would want to emphasize in closing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, they, I find our patients, you know, they have more supervision now than they've ever had before. And you know, it's, it's just a fantastic technology and helps us do our jobs better and, you know, values their time. So, um, hey, thank you so much, Dr. Glazer. Really appreciate seeing you here on, uh, on uh, this virtual segment. But, um, yeah, looking forward to hearing you speak again. Oh, thanks so much. It was an honor and a pleasure, Chris, and uh, thanks so much for having me. All right. Take care. Thank you.